tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Oh, yeah. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show where, by gosh and begora, that's something I'm working on for uh, St. Patrick's Day. By the way, I don't really know what it means. Yeah, I don't know what it means. It's just something okay. in my head. I thought maybe it's, you'd started eating Lucky Charms. Is that that's probably where it came from? You know, I don't know. I just know that you know. I, I remember people, you know, because of uh, last names and things, um, saying, "Well, are you?" whatever and i'm like i'm adopted <laughs> come on <I'm, laughs> that name has nothing to do with me <laughs> and by the way no max not my real last name i made that up oh my gosh all right so <laughs> at any rate um so uh, there's something i was going to tell you mark and yes. it just went right th- oh i know what it is remember how the other day i told you that i kept hearing the same song every morning when i'd wake up yes and it was like some song by Andy Gibb and Bless your heart. I was like, I know. And it's like, I was never an Andy Gibb fan. Uh-huh. I don't, I know he had two or three, you know, big hits in the late seventies. Mm-hmm. And then he died basically at the age of 30 from his heart because he did so much cocaine, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, but I don't know much about him. And I'm like, why is shadow dancing playing in my head when I wake up with the alarm? Why? I mean, I'm thinking, man, I don't even know what doctor you go to for this, you know? Yeah. I mean, where do you start? I mean, you you would look at a psychologist or a psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. and I don't know the difference, but I'm just thinking, could somebody maybe take a rubber mallet and mash me in the melon and reset it somehow? I don't know. That happens to me now and then. It's not all the time. And you asked me the other day, does this ever happen to you? Yeah. Eh, you know, it does from time to time, but it's not a regular thing. It's just every now and then. And I'll, I'll, I'll dig back through where where did i hear this right mm-hmm. there's got to yeah. be some place i heard it and then while i'm sitting here thinking about it i'll realize it's on the television right now on a commercial <laughs> okay you know <laughs> and yep. it's been on this commercial and you know i watch a lot of stuff on youtube so right I'm, well actually i watch 90 percent of yeah. what i watch is on youtube because okay, the, the cable networks have, they're they've lost it <laughs> there's nothing worth watching anymore but but YouTube will beat a commercial to death. You'll yeah. see they'll have YouTubers will put in commercial avails in their uh, in their videos so that YouTube can place commercials in them at certain points. And they will you will notice a over a week or so they will play the same ad again and again and oh, again yeah. and again and again. And sometimes they've got some pop music in the background, and that's why I can't get that tune out wow. of my head. Well, I finally figured out why Shadow Dancing was in my dome. Oh, really? It's because of the Bee Gees documentary on HBO. Oh. <laughs> That's why. Just saying. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, and the stowaway frog triggering an alarm. This sounds like something <laughs> that happened on SpongeBob, you know? It does, doesn't it? Uh, uh, Transportation Security Administration officers at a Pennsylvania airport made an unusual discovery in a checked bag. They found a stowaway frog. Lisa Farbstein 
a spokesperson for TSA Public Affairs Northeast, said a checked bag triggered an alarm during security screening at Harrisburg International Airport. Farbstein tweeted, the stowaway hopped out of the checked bag while the officers were examining it. Quote, this little, trust me, I'm reading this. I didn't write this. I want to give you that disclaimer right up front. Okay. Okay? I'm with you. This little creature was totally surprised when he was spotted and he asked for forgiveness. This find by TSA officers won't be easily frog gotten. Uh-huh. That's the TSA, folks. Your tax dollars at work. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's probably the most excitement the TSA has had there in a long, long time. Oh, look, a frog. (laughs) I'm just stuck on that pun. Oh, my gosh. You know, the TSA needs to be sent to the penitentiary for that one. It's horrible. liveradio.fm it's the mark and mac show you know mark one of the funny things in life and i learned this uh back before the book uh, don't sweat the small stuff i it was taught to me uh, when i was in bible college i think but it could have been it could have been anywhere but i believe i heard it in that era when you're like 19 20 years old you know yeah. and it was a teacher who explained how stress works against us mm. and in particular it was he was using an example that anybody could understand. Um, and, and I don't remember exactly what his was. Okay. But I remember when I talked to him about it later, he said, well, how many times have you ever had, uh, a, something you needed to talk to somebody about and you really dreaded it. And so you started playing it all out in your head and you started rehearsing what yes. you were going to say and how yes. you were going to say it. And then you go through all of this and you, you really, you two or three days worth of rehearsing uh-huh. in your head of you know right. and then it comes to that moment and you you have stretched yourself out so bad that you you can't even carry the ball anymore you fumble right. it you yeah. know yeah. and you just blurt whatever it is and he he used it in the context of asking for a raise mm. at work yeah and he said that we will build it up because we have this argument in our head of all the reasons why we need a raise and why we should get it why we have earned it and all that mm. and he goes but really and truly what we're asking for is we're asking somebody to change their budgeting and to pay us more than the budget will allow. Hmm. That's bigger than a a discussion. That's why you never ask for a raise at your current employer. You go and find another job. Yeah. And I thought, well, that removes a lot of the stress right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. That's why, you know, because radio is like that with radio. People had a friend who was number one in afternoons making $15,000 a year in the early eighties. And he went in and asked for a raise to 18,000 and they fired him. Yeah. So he left there at WKIX in Raleigh and went to WAV, the, the wave in Washington, D.C., and made like $50,000 a year. <laughs> you know. But granted, even then, even then he found out how tough it was to live in Washington, D.C. True. Yeah. And, you know, I yeah. think he ended up living in his car because making 15 in Raleigh was worth, you know, yeah. same as that. And anyway, right. it's one of those things we do stress ourselves out over things that we think about mm. before they actually transpire when really and truly, we're supposed to, and this is why I think I heard this in Bible college. We trust God with these things yeah. and allow him to take over that stress. Right. Yeah. I, it's funny that I have never, uh, I've never been one to stress over things and it has driven my wife nuts. <laughs> Don't you worry about anything? Well, no, 
I mean, it's not going to change anything if I do. And, you know, <laughs> oh, I'm not, gosh. you know what I mean? It's not going to change yes. anything if I do. And, uh, uh, if I understand my Bible correctly, that means I don't trust God. If I worry about this too much, and wow. I, he's never failed me. So, so I, you're saying I, I don't trust, trust God. That's what you're saying. I don't believe in God. <laughs> you come in here. I love you. I care about you. And you're saying, I don't believe in God. <laughs> yes, baby. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You know that's not how that turns out, but <laughs> that's the what goes through your head is mm-hmm, pretty much, you know. But, but <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm just. It's called Nick. Never mind. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. You know. One of those programs on television that a lot of people watched was Big Bang Theory. Yeah. And it had a spinoff um, that was actually a prequel on Young Sheldon about the boy genius. Right. And the thing is, just about everybody on that show, other than Penny, was a brilliant, gen- you know, mm. borderline genius person. They're very, very smart. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So much so that while I was watching the show several times, I would actually think, that's an actor. He doesn't really know <laughs> what he's saying, you know? I mean, yes. And then. When they hired me and Miami, whatever her name is, I, that was the first time they actually had somebody that was, uh, you know, that had that yes, degree, yes. neuro, whatever. Yes. But anyway, it did, I did find comfort in that, thinking they're just spouting off words they memorized. They don't even know what they mean. We're okay. Right. So when you see a story about a Pennsylvania nine-year-old earning mm-hmm. their high school diploma, <laughs> my, my first thought is they really have lowered the standards, you know? <laughs> <laughs> A nine-year-old Pennsylvania boy with dreams of becoming an astrophysicist is one step closer to his goal after graduating high school. David uh, Bologan started at Harrisburg-based research cyber charter school as a third grader and has and now has been awarded his high school diploma after completing the required classes virtually from his home in Ben Salem. He says, I wanted to do it because I had the ability to do it. So why not use those abilities for the greater good? Uh, yeah. Belligan, who is also working on getting his black belt in karate, has already completed a semester at Bucks uh, County Community College and is looking into continuing his education at a four-year college or university. He says, I want to be an astrophysicist and I want to study black holes and supernovas. His parents, who have advanced degrees said their son is unusually gifted. His, uh, his mom, Ronya, says uh, he's a nine-year-old with the brain that just has the capability to understand and comprehend a lot of concepts that's beyond his years and sometimes beyond my understanding. Yeah. So basically, he's got a really active imagination. It's talking over her head. He learned it. There. Good for him. You know? Thing is, Mark, I'm not, not that I don't believe him or anything. I do. It's just, mm-hmm. okay, he completed most of his work at home. So, I mean... Most nine-year-olds know how to use the internet. So oh in reality, and then you've got the other idea that because he wanted to be a little show off at nine years old, it's not enough to just mm-hmm. get his high school diploma, but he's already started community college, you know, right. while he's in high school. So yeah, nine-year-old, I don't know. He could be a midget. He could be, you know, there's a lot of things here, you know, <laughs> me, I'm, I'm waiting on the Guinness world record for the world's largest Pokemon collection, <laughs> but he says he wants to study black holes Mm -hmm. and things and it's like okay so here i'm thinking you're nine you're obviously really smart and you have the capacity to learn a lot of things 
and you're going to study something that will have no bearing on your life. Hmm. Not at all. Nothing. Wow. Why don't you study cancer or something? You wow, know, yeah. studies that actually might have some yeah. benefit here. I, I black holes are entertaining, but do that as a hobby. Yeah. You know, don't be an academic. We hmm. never hear about be the, be the kid right. that solved all these problems hey. because you're probably smart enough. Kid, if you want to impress me, do my taxes. Drive my car. Yes. LiveRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show and a, uh, I just say a beautiful day in the neighborhood, but it's raining. <laughs> it really is. It's so, raining. It's very windy. <laughs> is it? I was just thinking yeah. yesterday afternoon, um, I, I kind of came up for a breath of air and it was like. I don't know, six o'clock, five, something like that. Yeah. Okay. And I had to uh, run over to Hannah's house real quick and uh, ran, went over there to take something. Oh, it was LaDonna. I needed to drop LaDonna off. Or <laughs> anyway, so um, they're out there and Han- Hannah's out on the trampoline with Braylon and Hannah's wearing shorts. Mm. Okay. And I've been inside all day working. I hadn't really paid attention to the weather. Right. And I'm like, wait a minute. It's February and 70 something. What the? Mm hmm. I'm in a time warp, man. I, yeah. This, and my first thought, man-made climate change. I need to call Al Gore and go ahead and tell him to crank up the internet. I got to do some research. You know? He did get warm yesterday. I ended yeah. up firing up the the air yesterday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we did too. Well, do you think this is going to be one of those years where we have like a really long spring, you know, but it stays moderate, like that 70 degree, like we'll be like this for the next couple of months and then all of a sudden hit 90 degrees? Hmm. Or, I mean, we did that a couple of years ago. I don't remember what year, but it was like several years ago. We had a, a whole spring where it never really got warm. Like, we didn't uncover the pool kind of thing. Right. And then the week of Memorial Day, it hit 90 degrees and never went back, you know. What did Puxatawney Phil say? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I prefer Sand Mountain Sam. <laughs> okay. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show, and, you know, we have stories from everywhere, okay? Yeah. Mark spends time finding the most, it's almost like Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom, but it's <laughs> online. And trying to find a way to get that mentioned in every show we do now. It's like my thing right this minute, just saying. But, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm Marlon Perkins, he's Jim Fowler. It comes up often enough I had to find the stinking theme music for the show. I love it. Ah. <laughs> Uh, okay, that's enough. All right. All right, so a champion steer. Champion steer. Mm-hmm. Now, when you think of a champion, you know, you think of the best of the best in sports. Right. But a champion steer? Mm-hmm. What well, did he do? I mean, you got to remember the future farmers and homemakers, okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, FFH. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Big fish, one of these days. Uh, yes, right. Yes. When I praise that. Great group for a couple of years. <laughs> yes. Well, you've got to remember the that, uh, what is it? Uh, it's like one 1.5% of the country raises all the food for everybody else. And so you and I don't think about it very often because of where we live and what we do, but you know, farming goes on when without it, you and I don't eat, but uh, a steer raised by a 15 year old girl has earned top marks at the Fort Worth stock show and rodeo in Texas and then sold for a record setting $440,000. 
Wow. Sadie Wampler, a freshman at Wild Dorado High School and a member of the Randall County 4-H, entered her steer, Snoop Dogg. Just going to let that lay there for a second. Yeah. <laughs> into the Fort Worth Stock Show and, and Rodeo, <laughs> where he was named grand champion over 1,500 competitors. Wow. She says, I, it felt like time stopped. I was in complete <laughs> disbelief. I was in shock. It all seems like a blur. Snoop Dogg, a heavyweight European cross. <laughs> I know, yeah. This, That's somebody with a really neat sense of humor. It just is, to, yes. You know, I want to have one of these announcers announce that name. <laughs> That's at this, right. you know. And our winner, Snoop Dogg. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> he then broke a record for the show when he sold for four hundred and forty grand to Fort Worth-based Higginbotham Insurance. The price tag beat the record of $310,000 set at last year's show. The price tag was a new record for the Fort Worth show, but wasn't quite the highest paid ever for um, – a steer, the grand champion steer from the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, sold for $1 million in March of last year. Wow. Yeah. Now, I wonder how much it costs to raise a steer, you know, from birth to the time they're able to be in this thing. Hmm. I bet it's pretty expensive. Yeah, but it's not four hundred and forty grand. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know a little while ago when we were talking about the nine-year-old in pennsylvania that graduated from high school mm -hmm. and is taking on college my first thought was okay when we talk about a genius human being you know and right. like that well what about dolphins because we know dolphins are like humans of the sea but do they have like in their little dolphin world do they point out hey you know little bippity bop over here graduated uh you know <laughs> Do they do that when we're not looking? Like, do they have their own little schools and I stuff? No, you know, I'm not on a first name basis with Flipper. I can't ask him. You I got mean, the really old guy up there. He's teaching the. You know, you put the red ball in your nose, and he says, "Okay, you want to be there like like uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer." We've all heard this story, and you got one in the back going, "My mom doesn't let me celebrate Christmas," and the little dolphins are all smacking him you know, with their little fins funny. and stuff. <laughs> There was a sci-fi writer named Douglas Adams who wrote this series of books and dolphins played into it at one point because one day all of the dolphins on the, on the planet earth disappeared, just all gone. Mm -hmm. And they left this, they, uh, behind them, they left these little, these little, little globes, these little things that had a message in them in some alien language and turned out they all, it was dolphin language is what it was. And the message was so long and thanks for all the fish. And, and <laughs> it turns out they were abandoning the planet because they knew it was about to be destroyed. But <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> so Man. I don't know. I just don't okay. know. But I do well, know <coughs> that United States Customs and Border Protection specialists at Detroit Metropolitan Airport discovered the skull of a dolphin in an unaccompanied bag. The bag but they was, couldn't. You know, these guys are up in Detroit. Yes. Okay, so they can find a dolphin skull in an unaccompanied bag. But on our southern border, we can't stop a semi-truck full. That's right. Can't P find P Jimmy Hoffa, but you can find you the go. dolphin skull. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the bag was separated from its owners during transit and was found to contain the skull when it was put through an x-ray machine. An examination by uh, a CPB and Fish and Wildlife Service determined that the skull belonged to a young dolphin. Oh, so there's your dolphin kid that was going off to college. Something bad happened. Wow. Um, the possession of items made from certain animals is prohibited by United States law. Uh, 
Area Port Director Robert Larkin said, we take wildlife smuggling seriously and work closely with our federal partners at the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to protect wildlife and their habitats. The skull was turned over to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service's Office of Law Enforcement, and their experts will investigate the incident. Wow. Okay. It's a dolphin skull. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. This is bad. But again, Mm -hmm. I just think we've got other things they could be dealing with. Right. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. there are 330 million legal Americans, but there's another 100 million illegal. So let's try to solve that problem before we worry about a skull in a bag that, you know, that would look cool on my desk. Mm, I'm with you. And yeah. you know what? You take that skull and you walk down to the beach and you say, here, you know. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, I know you sent this to me just so I could sit here again and get on Google and look at the, what does an emu look like? You know, I call him an emu. Some people call him emu. Yeah. I don't care what you call it. It's just not something I'm going to see in my yard on a daily basis. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's loose. And based on, you know, based on animals that get loose. Okay. Mm hmm. What would you do if you saw an animal that you could not describe because you don't know what it is, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, would you be able to say this is an emu without mm. seeing a picture of it? Mm, I I would. That was really a stupid okay. question. I apologize. Well, for that. well, here's the thing. I think probably because of what we've, we've worked with and what we've done, yeah, I'd probably say, yeah, okay. that's probably an emu. It's too okay. small to be an ostrich. Okay. You know, it's too, mm. it's too, <laughs> it's too big to be a chicken. So yeah. odds are it's Every, an emu. Every picture I see of an emu's face, though, it looks like me when I'm 90. You know, that's what I'm going to look like. You know, hair sticking up, beady eyes, and just looking either mean or scared. And, I mean, probably mean. Coffee, Sorry. coffee now. Yeah. You know, right? It's exactly all right. Well, animal so we loose emu. Yes, animal rescuers in Missouri said an emu has uh, was captured after multiple days on the loose, thanks to local residents who cornered the flightless bird in a yard. Okay. See, there's your thing. That's there's mm -hmm. your descriptor. The flightless bird. That's all they could come up with on this. The flightless. They didn't say it was a. You know, it's like like a bovine or right. or, or anything. It's a flightless bird. That's all I could come up with. The Bi-State Wildlife Hotline, a rescue group serving Missouri and Illinois, said volunteers were summoned to a Lake Lorraine area home where residents had cornered a loose emu in the yard. Brooke Barlos, a rescuer said some of the people had kind of cornered it in a yard it's about a half acre yard took us about 10 minutes to get him in a crate i wrapped a blanket around him and gently put him in the crate my friend jen bess helped <laughs> the capture was caught on camera and posted to the lake lorraine news facebook page residents mm. said the emu had been on the loose in the area which is north of Hillsborough, mm. for at least a few days. The owner oh. of the emu turned custody of the bird over to the animal rescue group, citing his own age and ailing health. Okay. That's <laughs> the, cool. The emu, believed to be 15 to 20 years old, is in good health. Um, <laughs> they said his name was Ugly, but it's no longer his name. I, I was calling him Reggie. He's going to live on, on a friend's farm in Farmington. What they call him is up to them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Reggie. That's my snake, Reggie. I mean. <laughs> you know, Mark. Yes. The fact that they said out loud, he's going to live on a friend's farm <laughs> in Farmington. You know, that sounds like something I told the kids it's about where north. their dogs yeah, were going. That's right. Yes. They're going to feed him and take care of him until November. And then but they'll call him dinner. 
Mark and Mac mornings only on liferadio.fm. Liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, Mark and I both uh, have indoor dogs mm. that, you know, we talk about from time to time. Yep. And we both, when we see stories about dogs rescued, you know, and things like that, it does catch our attention. Mm. But this one, okay, dog rescued after living with coyotes. I don't know yeah. that that's a good one to rescue, Mark. <laughs> I, I don't know. Imagine bringing that pup home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a dog was rescued in Nevada after spending at least seven months living in the wild with a pack of coyotes. Susan McMullen of the Southern Nevada Trapping Team said the white dog th- th- called Ghost. <laughs> Clever. Was uh, first spotted yeah. traveling with a pack of coyotes back in July. Neighbors in the Inspirata area documented sightings of the canine. There it is. There's your canine who was occasionally (laughs) recorded by trail cameras and home security cameras. McMullen said ghost may have been a pet abandoned by his owner. She says, uh, it seems like he may have been put out there between seven and eight months and somehow or another, the coyotes just accepted him. McMullen said she and her partner, uh, Timmy Zondiros began to worry for ghosts safety when he was recently seen limping. She said he was actually just running with them and eating with them, but then he started to limp, and we were afraid limping that the coyotes could turn on him. She said Ghost was successfully captured last week when he walked into a crate baited with food. McMullen said the dog turned out to be extremely friendly towards humans, but is dealing with numerous health issues, including an ear infection, eye infection, skin issues, a broken toe that needs to be amputated, and scarring from old fights. Good grief. Yeah. Dogs I'm still a little concerned. Good... <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean... I'm still a little concerned about what he might have learned with the coyotes, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you might not want to go to sleep with both eyes open. I'm I'm thinking if you see Ghost the dog up for adoption, you might want to avoid him. I mean, <laughs> I'm just man. I I mean, I, oh, yeah. that's not that I'm a yeah. I am afraid to go to sleep when I've got a dog that's been trained by coyotes. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show good to have you with us we've got we you know we wherever you're listening to the show it's probably winter and probably feels like it yeah but where we live in the southeastern part of the united states it can be like springtime mm-hmm. okay today and then tomorrow we could have 20 inches of snow you know in <laughs> it i say that because it happened in march of 93 it you know? has happened it's happened yeah. more than that it's happened further back in history there have been oh, times yeah. when we've had ginormous snowstorms you know it's just yeah just out of the blue and we're but, not ready for it here we're just i mean no you, when when the forecast comes up there could be a chance of accumulation you go to the grocery store and the aisles are empty i mean the shelves are just people go in and they buy all the bread they buy all the milk they buy everything that they can think that they might yep. need and they stock up because we might have a quarter of an inch of snow <laughs> but because it shuts everything down yes it does, it does. And <laughs> granted we have had over the years we've had our weird weather just like everybody else oh, yeah. but it's just you know whenever people make fun of us um you know if you have friends and relatives that live in the north where you know snow is a regular oh, yeah, thing yeah like my brother who lives in fairbanks alaska yeah you know who <laughs> says wait hey i hear it got down to six at your house mm-hmm. yeah it was 50 below at mine right you know so <laughs> 
And you know what? You choose to live there. Sorry. Right. Know? Yeah. Same. <laughs> they make fun of us like for not knowing how to drive it. And it's like, y'all shut everything down, you know, when uh -huh. there's a little bit. And you're right. We do. Yes, we do. But here's the deal. The fact that you guys, I mean, I, I remember back in the day before, you know, um, before there was Sirius XM radio and stuff like that, you know, and you'd be driving into work, um, especially when you do a morning show like Mark and I do, you would listen to weird stuff on mm, the way to work. Yeah. And for somebody like me that chooses to live a, a distance away from the studio because I am, I do tend to fall on the workaholic side of things mm. that if I live too close, I work all the time. Yeah. Anyway. And so the, you get up in the morning, drinking coffee on your way to work, kind of prepping, you try to find something to listen to. Right. And I remember in particular, I would catch WTAM out of Cleveland, an AM radio station up there. And they had like um the Art Bell show, remember that? Mm, uh -huh. The overnight. Yeah. Yep. And that's that's why I know about all the government cover ups of everything <laughs> from the JFK assassination <laughs> to, you know, the uh the oh what do they call those guys down in Florida, the something eight, the seven whatever, the UFO people. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> I digress. <laughs> but <laughs> they would have their news and weather stuff and they they had lake effect snow. Okay. Right, yeah, yeah. And it I had to look it up, figure out what is lake effect snow. And like, is this snow different than regular snow? And it is. But mm -hmm. anyway, they would have snow on the ground talking about more on top of that. And there, there are no schools closed. You know, they're yeah. all, yeah. you know, they're fine. Mm -hmm. And here, if we have the threat of accumulation, not even accumulation, the threat of accumulation, yep. we go ahead. And the first thing you get is we're going to have a delayed opening tomorrow. Yeah. And that's then it's like, wait a minute. Then if the snow starts falling a little flurry, we're going to go ahead and cancel tomorrow. And, you know, you wake up the next day, there's nothing on the ground, there's right. no reason, but we're not prepared. So yeah. that's just the way it is. Yeah. And I, I remember, and I've told you this story before about being in the Smokies and you think about, you think about the Smoky Mountains where they have ski slopes right. and things like that. You think, oh, well, these guys are prepared. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was there one time many years ago and, uh, I was there with a group and it snowed and we thought, this is awesome. We're going to be in the mountains, in the snow. This is going to be fantastic until we ventured out and realized that all of those other people who live there have to, have to drive up those curvy mountain roads to get home and they have to go get their kids out of school and they have to, it's just the same there. So <laughs> you go out and nothing's open. The only place open is this one Shoney's restaurant and everybody in town is at that Shoney's restaurant, <laughs> all the tourists are there, you know, so it's the same way. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And you know, Mark, yes. you, during the music, we were, we were not making fun of, but talking about some of the celebrities, air quotes, um, that were on the red carpet at the, uh, award show the other night. Yeah. And it was the Grammys, right? Yes. And, and there's a picture of Madonna that is circulating. Yeah. And uh, of her now. And and I told Mark, I, I see this picture, and it was on Facebook. I'm sure it's everywhere. But it's a picture of her and, and what she, you know, looks like now. And mm. I don't begrudge anybody what they do. That's, you know, that's right. between yeah. you and, yeah. and. But she's wearing her hair like a 12-year-old. Yeah. And when you're 60-ish, you mm -hmm. know, it just. It, you know, having the hair like that is cool when you're 12 and your yeah. little friends are, you know, you're singing into hairbrushes and yeah, whatever. Yeah. But when you're 60, you know, right. That's not a good look. You no, know? no, uh, it's not. It, it's it, not, an, it's not a good look. I, and, it's, and you know, I, to be fair, 
Okay. To be fair, you can go to Walmart right now and see somebody in the same age group who's dressed like somebody much younger. Yep. You can. Yes. You can. It happens. You're right. And you, you should, somebody should have a little, there should be a little meeting, you know, there should be an intervention by the family. Look, you just can't dress like the nieces and nephews anymore. You just can't do that. Okay? But you know what? Can't pull that if, off, you know? If that's what makes you happy, then fine. Okay. But she's also had, she speaking of Madonna, yeah. she's also yeah. had millions of dollars worth of cosmetic work yeah. done. She's had, you know, she probably mm-hmm. owns stock and Botox. And, right. And it shows now. By the way, it's botulism. Yes, I know. And it shows <laughs> now. It, yeah. it shows now it's it doesn't look natural it looks weird it <laughs> right. actually if i can use the word alien it looks alien yeah. it looks very Ooh. strange and she's been and people i i think she's been out of the spotlight enough over the past decade or so that now that she's in the spotlight a lot of people saw her picture and went huh? what <laughs> And the thing is that she's put her own photos out there. Her people, people have right. put her own photos out there. And when she starts getting blowback about her appearance, right. she says, well, this is some, some photographer with a wide angle lens. It's all distorted. <laughs> and it's, this is all misogynistic. And this is just, and no, no, it's, it's a, not. Ageism, ageism <laughs> and misogyny. That was it. Yes. Ageism yeah. and misogyny. No, no, this is, this is people with common sense looking at something yeah. that's not normal. <laughs> you know what Megan Kelly said about it? What? Megan oh, Kelly said Megyn that uh, <laughs> she she blasts unwell Madonna. Oh, saying, uh, her Grammy's look was quote sick person who needs help unquote. <laughs> <laughs> wow! But you know, again, if you're if you're a certain age and if this is what you want to do, and mm-hmm. I don't begrudge anybody, whatever you want to do, yeah. that's fine. Okay, yeah. but. If you're a public figure and you put yourself out there and you put your pictures, you are going to have people comment negatively about those. Mm. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. And mm-hmm. she's been this provocateur since she started. And, you know, it hasn't changed. And, so, And I will say that even as a believer, you can pretty much you, go ahead, whatever you want to do. Yep. The Apostle Paul said, for me, all things are lawful, mm-hmm. but not profitable. Right. He's not talking about money. No, he's not. He's talking about decisions, the things you decide you're going to do in your life, what you're going to do with your body, what you're going to do with your possessions, what you're going to do with, you know, all things are lawful, but not profitable. In other words, it's not going to be wise for you to do some of these things. (laughs) And right now, Madonna is suffering from her lack of wisdom. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show you know um whenever i see the pest control guy going down my street yeah i always want to know where which one is he stopping at today (laughs) because if it's here or here i need to go ahead and bug bomb the house because they're gonna leave that you know they're gonna come running they're coming across (laughs) the fence into your house yep (laughs) yep unbelievable i just you know i can't I was going to say something that I just can't say because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings right, anywhere, yeah. anytime. But yeah. the reality is it does happen it or does. it's happened in, you know, well, you remember so. when we lived over in Trustville, uh, mm-hmm. we lived in that subdivision. It was a new subdivision, oh, the rich one. We lived, <laughs> we lived right next door. Yes. Yeah, it's back when I was making money. The, uh, the <laughs> we, we uh, lived right next door to the, uh, to the model home. In fact, our house had been the model home 
at one point, and then uh, they were building all around us. And every time they would start new construction, we'd have to set out mousetraps because (laughs) (laughs) they'd run the field mice off of those those empty lots, and they'd go scurrying around and realize, there's a house here, and they have food, you know? How funny. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'll never forget my brother asking me what a model home was. And and actually, he was referring to an apartment, you know, because they have the model apartment you can go look at, you know? And I'm not kidding, but it was his first apartment. I remember telling him, oh, well, the model apartment is the one that actually comes with a model that shows you, <laughs> you know, and stays with you for the first couple of months until you're comfortable. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah he gosh. believed it. That was the whole thing. He actually oh, believed man. it. But moving on, an right, exterminator yeah. making a shocking discovery. Yeah. Nothing new here. No, a pest control expert made a mind-blowing discovery in the home of one of his clients. And it now has, it's left the internet stunned. And I was stunned when I looked at the pictures. Nick Castro, the owner of Nick's Extreme Pest Control in California, has over two decades worth of experience in the past in the pest control industry. He's encountered countless bizarre situations in his career, but one recent situation definitely takes the cake. Castro was called to a house to deal with a pesky woodpecker that was causing damage to the siding by storing acorns in the holes it made. When he began cutting into the wall to remove acorns, what he found left him in shock. He says, they just kept coming and coming nonstop. Acorns were thought to be only a quarter of the way up this wall. turned out they were piled high up into the attic of the house. One of the pictures taken by Castro (laughs) shows a relatively small square hole in one of the walls of the house with a large pile of acorns spilling out onto the floor. But much to Castro's surprise, this was only the beginning. Castro made more holes around the house and the acorns kept spilling out. In the (laughs) end, they gathered around 700 pounds of acorns. It was enough to fill eight large trash bags. That's a bunch of acorns. That's a lot of nuts. Whoa. Yes. liveradio.fm the mark and mac show and i'm I'm still a little bum puzzled by the story a little bit ago about the uh, acorns man 700 pounds of acorn of nuts Mm -hmm. and all i could think of you know sometimes you feel like a nut sometimes you don't but this woodpecker felt like about 700 pounds of them (laughs) i know so we got woody woodpecker and now stowaway raccoon (laughs) yeah a raccoon stowed away from kentucky to colorado on a truck loaded with pallets and ended up leading animal protection officers on a wild chase around a distribution center. The Boulder Police Department said in a Facebook post that the employees at the distribution center saw the raccoon jump off the truck while the load of pallets from Louisville, I'm sorry, Louisville, were being unloaded. (laughs) Uh, Workers called for assistance the next day when the raccoon was spotted uh, stuck between some lumber and the wall. Animal Protection Supervisor Jay Whittle responded to the scene. And the raccoon was freed from its predicament, but was agitated and led Whittle and the warehouse workers on a 45-minute chase around the distribution center. (laughs) (laughs) Whittle said in a Facebook post, he slid through the catch pole once. I said, I got him. Uh, I don't got him. (laughs) That's when the one employee showed up, uh, clutch with with the kennel. I grabbed the trash can and the raccoon darted away from that right into the kennel. 
Wow. Uh, transportation was arranged to take the raccoon home to Louisville. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had plenty of hiding spots and trees and dumpsters, uh, and I hope he found his family and friends back in Louisville. <laughs> I would have had my Louisville slugger ready. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mac show, cruising along, singing a song side by side. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> You're welcome. So, uh, Mark, we've had, uh, okay, we had a puppy that was raised with coyotes or mm-hmm. a dog raised with coyotes. Yep. Um, we've had Woody the Woodpecker and 700 pounds of nuts. <laughs> and uh, we had the um, raccoon. Uh, raccoon, thank yeah. you. So, with all that in mind, yeah, oh, we got the dolphin head, too. Yes, the skull. that's right. Yeah. All right. All of that wrapped into one show, and you come down to that one story that LaDonna will ask me about. Of all the stories, <laughs> about everything going on today, this is the one she's going to say, hey, can you send me more on that? <laughs> Texas man jailed in the quote-unquote Dallas monkey case. Mm-hmm. All right? This is kind of a follow-up to a story we brought the other day about what's been uh, happening at the Dallas Zoo. Yep, that's right. So, this is actually... The rest of the story. A 24-year-old man now linked to an unusual string of crimes that kept the Dallas Zoo on the lookout for missing animals told police that after he swiped two monkeys from their enclosure, he took them onto the city's light rail system to make his getaway. Davian Irvin also said he loves animals and if he's released from jail, he would steal more. Irvin, who remained jailed Tuesday on $25,000 bond, was arrested last week after asking questions at a downtown Dallas aquarium about animals there. He was he's charged with six counts of animal cruelty and two counts of burglary. Irvin told police that on the night of January 29th, he waited until dark, jumped a fence to get onto zoo grounds, cut the metal mesh of an enclosure, and took the two emperor tamarind monkeys. He, he then got on the city's light rail before walking to the vacant home where he said he kept his animals. Acting <laughs> on a tip from the public, police found wow. the monkeys named Bella and Finn on January 31st, the day after they were discovered missing. Multiple cats and pigeons were also in the home, in addition to dead feeder fish and fish food that had, been, that had disappeared from a staff-only area of the zoo earlier in January, but wasn't reported stolen at the time. Irvin has been charged in two of the odd events over a span of several weeks at the zoo and is linked to another, police say. In the taking of the monkeys, Irvin faces one count of burglary and six counts of animal cruelty, three for each monkey. He also faces a burglary charge in relation to the escape of a clouded leopard named Nova. (laughs) Remember, we had the story about the leopard that escaped? Yeah, who was discovered missing January 13th. A cut was found in her enclosure, and the zoo closed as a... uh, as a search was launched, she was found later that day near her habitat. Mm. Boy, yeah, she was couldn't figure out how to get food on her own, so she went back to where the people feed her. <laughs> That's <you know>? right, yeah. <laughs> All right, so, Mark, while we were doing this, because, you know, my my wife, LaDonna, other than being Ellie Mae Clampett, she also <laughs> has a real thing about monkeys, you yeah. know? Yeah. And we all have some family member um, somewhere along the line that had a monkey and that monkey redecorated the the walls whenever they would leave. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Co- a common story. Yeah. So I'm looking up. I don't. There are so many different types of monkeys that I ha- I looked it up because I wanted to see, well, what is this type of monkey? You right. know, and do they yeah. get big? And they're very, very cute. Mm-hmm. And when they, you know, they're very small when they start out. Like I'm looking at a picture here where a dude is holding it, you know, in one hand. And, um, but you know, they do get big. Yeah. 
but I'm just thinking they run from 1800 to about $3,500. Wow. To buy one of these. You can buy them in areas that allow you to own such things, yeah. you know? Yeah. So just throwing wow. it out there that, uh, you know, that there was actually a game here. I don't think he was just trying to, uh, liberate some animals. Hmm. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe the guy secretly is a Kung Fu fanatic and this monkey just looks like an old Chinese emperor from a Kung Fu, Kung Fu movie. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and straight up mark and i both have been looking at these monkeys for the past few minutes during the music you know yes and, and they do or, look like old chinese emperors don't they, they do they <laughs> and, and they kind of look like what was that little scary doll that was big for a while that had the freak hair going up straight and all that uh, you know what i'm talking about I, I don't know. Really anyway, think of is Chucky, but hello. I can. I will tell you that my Ladonna had a, a monkey doll. You know, when she was growing up, that she called Monk Monk. Okay. And you know, we all have something from our childhood that you know we carry on in uh, as we get older, and that was hers. Monk Monk is in our closet right now. Uh, he's put up. You know, we don't bring okay. him out often because you know he's very, very old. All right. And anyway, but uh, having. Having a desire to own a monkey, mm. and I don't know why this is, but we, for whatever reason, I'd like to have one too. Mm. But I'd like for somebody else to take care of him. You know, <laughs> I don't want to. You know, you I just heard, want visitation rights. Is that what you want? <laughs> pretty much. You know, I want to. I want to have him when he's being nice and all that. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I don't want to have him. I don't really want to. I don't want a uh, pet that I have to change a diaper. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. If he could use the bathroom, I'm okay with that. Right. And yeah. anyway, it just, it's one of those little things that I just can't quite grasp. How come people really do want these, but, um, when on Jerry Seinfeld's comedians and cars getting coffee, mm -hmm. um, he does a, a really cool episode with Eddie Murphy and they had a, they've had a long relationship. Eddie Murphy and Jerry Seinfeld both were breaking into comedy back in the early days of their careers in New York. And uh, they played the same bill. They knew one another back then before they became stars. I mean, it, it's just really cool because then here they sit down. And you're talking about you know, generationally two of the most famous comedians, mm. you know, that in our life yeah. right there in the same car talking about the same things that happened. And there were two things that Eddie Murphy told Jerry Seinfeld in, you know, in the episode. One was a story about uh, Sammy Davis Jr., and the others was about Michael Jackson. Oh, my. and if you think about it, when Eddie Murphy in the eighties, you know, when he takes off with Saturday night live right. and yeah. then, you know, he's got 48 hours trading places. Yeah. I mean, just then, then Beverly Hills cop, yeah. boom, boom, boom in the yeah. mid eighties, nobody bigger than Eddie Murphy. Right. And, and Michael Jackson, nobody bigger than Michael Jackson. And so they did uh, get to know one another a little bit. And he did go to Michael's house a few times and, um, he saw Bubbles, the chimp, you know, <laughs> Bubbles was this chimp that yeah. Michael took everywhere. And, uh, Eddie, you know, sees Bubbles and it's like Eddie's, uh, you know, Eddie warns him, Oh, don't go over there, Eddie. Don't mess with Bubbles. He's not nice. You know, <laughs> and, <laughs> it's just funny hearing him talk about it because he's going, I've seen Bubbles out in public and he's always nice. No, not anymore. Bubbles is mean, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just, <laughs> when they get older, they get cranky. They really do. I know. Yeah. And you would think, you know, that it's just weird, but yeah. anyway, 
So, I, and the thing is, I, I get, okay, I get it. It's the, yeah. The, in that case, the chimp, it's cute. You dress mm-hmm. it up, you put it in suits, you, you know, you right. got his clothes and hats and things like that. And you take yeah. it around with you and it's, it's just cute. It's just, right. it's a pet at that point, sure. but it's not going to be a pet forever. After a few years, it's going to get bigger. It's going to get stronger and it's going to get a lot stronger <laughs> than anybody <laughs> around it. And, right. and when it's unhappy and it acts out, it's going to hurt people. And right. And that's the problem. I, I want to ask you about something. Yeah. That it was um, because you are a couple of years older than me. And even though it doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things, but mm-hmm. there was a chimp uh, in that was really a celebrity in the early and mid sixties. Um, they, because he stood up when he walked, he walked hmm. on his two legs. You know, chimps don't do that usually. Yeah. I mean, they can, but it hurts their back and legs and stuff. Hmm. And there was this one that actually, from the time he was born, he just preferred to stand up like, mm-hmm. you know, erect. And he was referred to as the humanzy, you know, and okay. uh, the missing link. And he was a celebrity for a number of years uh, around the world. And I, it was one of those things. I just don't remember it. Okay. I've looked at stuff on YouTube yeah, uh, about him and uh, all that, but I got, I can't remember his name, but here's the deal. I'm, I'm reading long and watching this biography about him one day. And, and I'm like, wow, you know, this is really cool. You know, his early years and all that. Yeah. But then when he became, um, too much to handle. Okay. After they had done the celebrity thing and did all the talk shows and he was no longer wanted, you know, um, the owners, well, you know, they got tired of dealing with him because again, he wasn't making the money on mm, TV. Yeah. He wasn't. And so his usefulness to these people was done and they didn't think of him as, you know, a pet or, you know, a lot of our pets right. become extended yeah. family members, yeah. you know, they didn't treat him like that. Mm. And so they ended up giving him over or selling him to some lab in Pennsylvania where they were, you know, trying oh, out. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. but for years, for years, Mark, this, this monkey that had been so famous for so long, um, it just, anyway, the long story short is for four or five years, he was kept in this little cage. That's after that's all. Yeah. Yeah. And he was finally rescued and spent the rest of his life in Texas at this out in a really cool place. But anyway, yeah. as human beings, we can be really cruel to yeah. one another and certainly to animals. And, mm, you know, it's sad. I mean, yeah, it very, very sad. But if you get a chance, look it up. I, yeah. I'm going to try to find it and I'll send it to you. Oliver, I think was his name. Is that your That is it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. You're right. Oliver the monkey. Actually, look up Oliver the Chimp, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, Mark, I know we're getting ready to wind things up, but we almost did an entire show without something that has become a regular staple of the Mark and Mac show. <laughs> You're right. Again, it's book of world record story. Uh-huh. What is that? It's a major award. Shucks, I wouldn't know, Dad. It looks like a lamb. A nine-year-old Chicago boy broke a Guinness World Record when he dribbled a basketball for one hour, 20 minutes, and one second while wearing a blindfold. Henry Speedwell, a student at the Mount Greenwood Elementary School, donned a blindfold in the school's gymnasium and dribbled a basketball for an hour, 20 minutes, and one second in tribute to his grandfather, James J. Canna, who died at the age of 74 last year after a bout with cancer. Speedwell's uh, record attempt raised $2,800 for cancer research. He said, my grandpa really liked basketball, so I kind of wanted the world record for him. 
Wow. The nine-year-old broke the previous record of an hour, six minutes, and 38 seconds. That was set by Christian Roberto Lopez Rodriguez. He has four names in Spain wow. in 2021. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. All right, that's sweet. Yeah. You know, did it for his grandpa. Now, we had the nine-year-old that graduated from uh, mm -hmm. high school. Right. And now we got a nine-year-old breaking a world record. Wow. I'm, I'm wondering what's happening, man. Have the nine-year-olds taken over and you and I are really done? Anybody in double figures is out now? Mm -hmm. Well, if the two nine-year-olds got together, one yeah. of them would be dribbling the basketball and the other one would be explaining to him how the dribbling process works in <laughs> detail. Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings only on liferadio.fm.